0: Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.
1: Are you looking to take your business or your brand to the next level? Want to make a name for yourself and share what you do best with a bigger audience? There's never been a more exciting time to jump in. Welcome to Lights, Camera, Expert. Unleash your expertise. Your hosts are Terry Trespiccio and Paula Rizzo. With their combined media experience and top-notch guests, Paula and Terry will get you ready to shine. Here are your hosts, Terry and Paula.
2: Ooh, here we are live, our very first show. Welcome, welcome to... Lights,
3: camera, expert. Unleash your expertise. I'm Paula Rizzo. And I'm Terry Cospiccio. And this is our debut show. And we could not be more thrilled to have you with us. Why do we want you to stick with us? Well, for one, you have, if you're anyone who wants to be known for what you do, you've been wanting to go bigger with your brand and your business. And you see all these people who don't seem that different from you. Maybe you don't even think they're that smart. Yucking it up in the media, Uh on air, in print. And you're wondering, why not you?
2: Yeah, what, what do they got? What's the deal there, right? Are they smarter? Are they better looking, more connected? Well, you know, it's easy to assume this, right? To think, oh, well, they just got one up. They, they know more. But the fact is that the people that you see in the media all the time, they're not any better than you. They have just figured out one thing, what the media wants and that can be learned. We're going to teach you. That's yes. what this is
3: all about. It's a skill. We are your hosts, of course, and the founders of Lights Camera Expert, which is a company we founded. It's also an online video course where we teach experts of every stripe how to get and keep media attention by what? Unleashing their expertise. Just let it off the chain and running. Wow. Wild. So aggressive. <laughs> it's like, what is your expertise? A Rottweiler is more of a... Puzzle. <laughs> And today, we're kicking off a series of really fun and fascinating conversations uh, with experts that we admire, who have done all kinds of things that we bet you want to do, too. Uh, they're experts, authors, industry pros, media insiders, you name it. And we really have a lot to learn from them as well, which is why we're excited to bring them to you.
2: Yeah, this is going to be a lot of fun. Uh, and uh, first off, though, we wanted to introduce ourselves, because you're like, who the heck are these two chicks? And, Yo, what uh, gives them
1: the uh, right
3: rest- <laughs>
2: What are they doing over there, you know? So, uh, you know, I have worked in media for almost 20 years as a TV producer. I won an Emmy Award, which was really awesome uh, for my work here in in New York City as a producer for local news. Uh, And then the last... over a decade. I worked for Fox News Channel as a senior health producer where I produced all kinds of health and wellness segments. um, And I loved it. It was it was amazing. And I also was able to write a book uh, called Listful Thinking in her free time, in my free time, my extra time. uh, And then I was on the opposite end. So I had to then pitch myself, pitch my book, pitch my idea, pitch myself as an expert to the media. So I had for years been the one and have been the one who's who has Been the decider. The are you in or are you out? Are we going to book you or are we not going to book you? And all of a sudden, (laughs) then I was on the other side of the side of the coin. It's very interesting to be on both sides of that. Uh, One of the guests through the many years that I have been booking, um, you know, thousands of experts that I booked at Fox News was Terry Trespicio. At the time, she worked for Martha Stewart. And so she took, a, she took a
3: risk. She took a big risk on me. I was media. I was, I was uh, for well for the better part of a decade. I was uh, a magazine editor at Martha Stewart, Living Omni Media at a magazine that used to be called Body and Soul, and it became Whole Living, and then it was gone. May it rest in peace. But while I was there, I hosted a daily radio show on Sirius XM for the Martha Channel. And I was one of the rare birds in the editing world who really wanted to get out in front of cameras and be out there doing stuff. Most editors are like, please leave me alone. Um, and I got the chance. I, I kept raising my hand. I said, I know I can do this. Like, where can I do this? And I got the chance to do a TV show, do Martha Stewart's show, which was a big uh Breakthrough moment for me to do national TV, which I'd never done. I'll tell you about that more another time. But the point is, Paula took a chance on me because I was fairly new to it. But she said, Yeah, but you you did not act like you were brand new. Please. Right. I'm an imposter. You fake it. You
2: fake it like you make it. Imposter syndrome. It it. it. (laughs) It really did work because you, you know, I'm very discerning on who I'll who I'll book and who I won't book. But you were. No, but you were good. I mean, you knew your stuff. You were good, but I did not know. It was one of the very few times you had been
3: on. TV. It was one of the first times. Fake it. It's all about faking it. And I wanted her, because I could tell she's very pulled together, can you tell? And I wanted to impress her and make her know that I was a reliable source and Mm -hmm. that I could be relied and counted on to deliver. And that's what you have to do too. Now- Obviously, that magazine went away. I got laid off like a lot of editors get laid off and uh, things changed. I went into business for myself and I am now a a branding advisor, brand consultant, strategist, whatever you want to call it. I help people figure out what they're trying to say and how to say it in Mm -hmm. copywriting talks. I help people create and land their TED talks, do all kinds of stuff and convince this one well, I didn't have to convince her too hard to leave her job <laughs> so
2: much, but run <laughs> okay with me. I am fresh out, fresh out, a few months out on my own. I've always had a side hustle. I've always done a thing on the side here and there, uh, and this has been one of them. But now I'm out in the world. I'm out here on my own swimming around, and thankfully, Terry Dispicio is here with me, and we're, well, we're doing a lot of projects together, which is really fun. You
3: know why we get work? You know why we get to do this because the world wants their work to be known and the people who are in a position to put you on the air, producers, editors, they don't have time to help you. But we right. do. We made it. Yes. We made time because we made it our business because we realized we had a view of this that few people do, right? Mm-hmm. Like PR people, that's their life is pitching, pitching, pitching media. We were not PR people, but we were on the other side and we know what pitches we turn down again and again and we saw experts shooting themselves in the foot and we don't want you to do that.
2: <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, and uh, my bad pitches folder. I had this folder for years that I mean, I still have uh, still do get pitched, but uh, not like I did when I was working in TV full time. And uh, I have the bad pitches folder. All of these terrible pitches that were just, you know, newsroom fodder. Like I loved it. I would just send them to Terry and be like, do
3: you believe this is happening? I well, can't believe people is, are still
2: trying to get this across. This is no one cares about know. this.
3: But they don't right. know. No one's there to tell them that's and right. So they just said they, it was the best of intentions you get those things, but they, uh-huh. they're terrible. And what we'd like to do is keep you out of the no pile.
2: Yes. Right. We know what will get you there for sure. And, you know, I have to say, Terry, years later, so after I booked Terry, um, I had her back a whole bunch of times because she was good on camera. My, my host liked her. It was fun. It was good segments. Um, and then a couple of years later, I started a blog, listproducer.com, about list making of all things, very type A of me. Uh, and mm. I said to myself, you know what? If I don't get media for this, it's like it doesn't exist. It's because- true. Media really you is the thing a journal. <laughs> right. It's really the thing that will boost your credibility, your visibility. Have you be seen as an expert. Right. So I knew that. And I thought, OK, who do I know? Who could I pitch this to? And this is not about pulling in favors from from friends. Terry and I were not friends at the time. I hated this girl. <laughs> oh,
3: please. <laughs> just I just didn't uh, know you.
2: No, we I didn't know each well. other. And it wasn't that kind of relationship. We didn't, you know, that wasn't, that wasn't a thing. And so I, I pitched you, I pitched you for Martha's Magazine and it ended up getting in the December issue because of course the yep. lists are big in December. Yes. Uh, and so that was actually my very first for myself, really big media hit. Well, it was, you know what was you smart? Know,
3: you didn't pitch me in December. You pitched no. me for the December issue, which means you wrote to me in like July. July, and we'll, yep. we'll get into all that because there's there's time frame for this stuff, right? Mm-hmm. But she pitched me when I was looking at pitches. What editors are? It's Christmas in July every year because we're looking for the Christmas, you know, the holiday issue. Mm-hmm. And she pitched me in a smart way. She knew what section I edited. I still don't know how she figured that out exactly what I was doing. But I was I'm in stealth for- mode all the time. I was and I was like looking for these little good little gems to put into this collection of pieces in the back of every issue. And it was perfect. It just was. It made she made my life easier, and that is your job if you're trying to get attention for what you do. Make someone's life easier. Treat them like a human. There's Mm -hmm. no magic thing. It's more like you just haven't seen the way people look at your emails because you don't know (laughs) what it takes to make it from the other from the other side. Yeah, from the other side for sure. Well, talk Um, a little bit about why a lot of people go. Well, media that's very intimidating. Talk about what media can do for people. Why should they bother? Is it too big a mountain to climb or what? Well, look,
2: if 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 you're looking to a service provider, an expert, a person, right, that you might want to hire, whether it be for speaking or for an actual service, and you look at two experts who might, you know, otherwise look pretty much the same, right? But you see that one has been on the Today Show or on, you know, Dr. Oz or on some of the big, you know, Fox News or or local TV or whatever, and the other person has not just says a little something. It gives you an extra boost, some more credibility. Uh, You're you're looked at in a different way. And media begets more media. So as soon as you start doing media, media starts to recognize that and say, oh, this is the person who
3: talks about that thing. We should book them for that. And by the way, you don't have to have been on the Today Show to get the attention of a producer like Paula. It's just that having any media, even if it's like Good morning, you know, Phoenix or wherever you live. Mm-hmm. If you do that, it shows not only like, we don't think that you're magically smarter than everyone because you're in media. We know that. I and mean, that's why we're telling you that. But it's that you made the effort to try to get your mission and mes- message out into the world on your own time. While the other person didn't. Right. There's an effort yeah. involved in doing media that says something about how serious you are. It matters, that's right. It's you
2: know? well, it does matter, you know? Um, and, the other piece too, Terry, uh, I mean, let's just, you've you have done all of the major media. Terry has been on the Today Show. I know, Show. here I am talking about it, but she, I did get the chance to do the she big She did ones. it. I did. She did Dr. Oz. She did Anderson Cooper. Like, you've done all the big ones that people dream about doing.
3: Yeah, I did. I got to do Dr. Oz many, many times, like more times than I can count, and I- it was because at the time I was a, I was an editor who covered health and wellness. And, the, and once they had me in there and they knew I was a good presenter, look, you don't need a doctor to present some of the things I do. Sometimes I do have doctors on to present detox, but what they really want is someone who can present well. Um, mm-hmm. And even when I left, when I wasn't on a mass set and I wasn't an editor anymore, I thought, oh, well, there goes that. They still reach out. They're like, hey, can you still come do this? And they just called me a healthy living expert because they wanted me there. But I did get to get interviewed by Ann Curry. Um I did get interviewed by Matt Lauer, but mm, you know, interesting. I did get to meet all the big, the big ones and it was great experience. Um, but again, I wouldn't turn down smaller media either. It's just, it's great experience to get in there and talk about what you do in front of other people.
2: Well, and it's a good way to to get known as the expert for that thing, right? Because the media, producers, editors, you know, all the anchors, everybody, we're, we're constantly looking for new ideas, new people, new things to get out to our audiences. And that's the, the biggest thing here. The you know uh, biggest takeaway really is that it's about the audience. It's not about you.
3: It's right about expert. you. It's like, oh, I'm not good enough. They wouldn't want me. It's like, it's kind of like, what do you bring to the table? They're not really that concerned about like, well, do you, have you earned it? Are you really worth it? They're not thinking about you, right? Paul? you're looking for the story and the kind of world we're in where there's just so many not only main, major media outlets, but lots of other media outlets. Everyone's hungry for a story. Well, and that's maybe the thing. who can share that story with them. Every,
2: everything. Uh, the, the landscape here has changed, right? Since since we started in media, because in the beginning when we started our career, it was literally TV, radio, magazines, that's newspapers. It. That is it. And now the game has changed because you can be your own producer. Uh, uh, look what we're doing right now. We're producing our own. This our is the our very own show, right? And so, I mean, there's podcasts, there's blog posts, there's all these things. And, you know, in the beginning, there's there are people who would be snobs about it and say, oh, I don't want to do that podcast or I don't want to do that that blog. It's so small. No one listens to that. Who cares? I say do everything, Right. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk in a little while to uh, Peter Shankman, who's a good friend of ours, uh, PR whiz and, and uh, entrepreneur. And, you know, Peter does a lot of media and I think he'll tell you, you got it. You got to do everything, even, you know, uh, and, and, and one of the, the great things is that if, let's say, even uh, for local media, those producers end up leaving and going somewhere bigger. Guess who they take s- with them? <laughs> they're experts. They take their people
3: with them. Yeah, that's, that's what it, it is. That's you know, what you say like, oh, he knew someone there. You could know a lot of people. If they don't think you're going to do much on the air or have anything to contribute, they're not going to use you. But knowing people matters. But guess who knows people? The people who pitch and continue to deliver value. And then when those people move to other outlets, they go with them. And then you, all you hear is, oh, well, they knew someone. It's like, yes, but mm. they can deliver value to those people. There's a difference. It's not just about this connection. You know? makes sense? Terry, I, I got to ask you. Oh, God. Oh, God. Here we go. Here we go. We want to know. People want to
2: know. All right, fine. What is it like to be live on TV with Martha Stewart? you have done it many, many times.
3: (laughs) You want the best media training in the world? You go on the air with that woman because everyone else who you do TV shows or do new, new shows with, the anchor has her cards. She goes through the things. Or he asks you these questions. Oh, Martha doesn't care what's on the card. She's going to run that segment however she wants. And God bless her. It was the best training of my life because you think you're going to move through A and then B and you're going to talk about green tea. They're going to talk about green beans. Oh, nope. You go out there. She goes, what's that over there? It didn't even matter. The good thing is that she trusted me and they'd say, oh, you have Terry next. She'd be like, oh, it's fine. You don't need to prep me. She'll tell me what to do. I could <laughs> barely get, she would just kind of do her thing. Uh, but. She listens. She's incredibly astute. She will not let you get away with anything. And because she jumps around and will change things, it gives you the opportunity to be on your feet. And I will tell you this one time. I was uh, there to demonstrate cold and flu remedies. Mm-hmm. And one of those things was a neti pot. Um, and I said to the producer before, Well, it's not like I'm going to do it. He goes, No, 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 that's gross. You're not going to do a neti pot. Is this, you know, this basically this water you run it through your nose, a little teapot you pour it Irrigation, up your nose. For, Irrigation your, for your nasal. Yes. Passages. That's right. And, so, and then right before we went on the air, literally minutes, the producer comes racing in. He goes, she wants you to do it on the air. I so, oh, are you kidding? God. What are you, I'm going to do this right now. He goes, what do you need? I said, a big bowl and a towel, please. And I went out there <laughs> and I was like, nope. it was like, okay, this, this. She goes, now, and, and what's this? And she was like, had a little twinkle in her eye. I was like, yep, I'm about to embarrass myself. And I took out that bowl. I said, I'm about to show you how netty potty works. And there, you can't talk while you're netty potty. Because, oh my God, you'll you can't you, close you, your mouth. No, you, you'll like drown. You'll drown. And so I was like, oh God, oh God. So I put the thing up to my nose and tilted my head to the side and just let the water drain out. And there's, it was the longest five seconds in TV of all time <laughs> for me. And the water is dribbling out. And I said, this is disgusting. I know. And Martha cracked up and started applauding. She goes, I think you just did the first live demonstration of potty <laughs> potting on the national <laughs> television. I was like, that is probably correct. And I made a roundup called WTF is going on with morning television. And so I was very excited. About
2: I mean, if ever anyone here is afraid to do television, just think of Terry having to do the neti pot on That's live right. TV. Could you ever think of anything worse? And look, she got through it. So I gotta, and I tell you, I got
3: a date out of it because the cameraman was very Ooh. and said, wow, wow. you've I mean, got balls. So totally. i would take you out for lunch. Wow. I look at that. You, know, you don't know where media will bring you. Credibility, uh, romance. You don't yeah, know. Yeah. A dinner date. Who knew? Who knows? But coming up, I'm very excited. Yes. To have the one and only Peter Shankman. Your BFF, Paula. I love Peter. He's, a, he's so impressive. You guys, he's an entrepreneur, author, keynote speaker. He happens to be addicted to Peloton, which he talks about a lot and he'll tell yep. us about that later. The guy knows how to get and keep attention like nobody's business.
2: That's right. He created Harrow, which a lot of journalists, we'll talk about it uh, a bit, uh, have, have used through the years. And uh, we'll be back in a few.
1: Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward
4: voice America.
2: Imagine for a minute what it would be like to step onto the set of a show that you've been watching forever or see your name in a magazine you actually read. Sounds exciting, doesn't it? Well, here's the secret. Those experts you see on TV and in magazines aren't smarter than you. They just know how to get the media to pay attention. And it's something you can learn. I'm Paula
3: Rizzo. And I'm Terry Gospicchio, and we've been behind the scenes at major media outlets for years, booked thousands of guests, and have been featured ourselves on TV, radio, and everywhere else. We know how this works. We'll show you how to crack the media code, craft your pitch, and crush it on air. Get our free video course How to Be a Media Magnet. You'll learn how the media thinks and how to pitch your idea so you get booked. You have something to say and the world is ready to hear it. Go to beamediamagnet.com to get our free course. That's beamediamagnet.com.
0: We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up?
1: Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to Lights, Camera, Expert. Unleash your expertise. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-472-472. Five seven eight eight. That's one eight six six four seven two five seven eight eight. Reach us by email at info at lightscameraexpert co. Now back to this week's show.
3: Welcome back! Very happy. I just love this that. Great. Doo We're back in the air. <laughs> Here Welcome we are. Back, Lights Camera Expert. Unleash your expertise. I really want Ooh. that opening. Paula, it. please. Um, well, I'm Terry G. This is Paula Rizzo. That's my, right. Basically, my other better half. And uh, Paula, please introduce your lovely friend, Peter. Your he's your friend, too, Peter Schachman. Welcome. I have known Peter a long time. I
2: have you known Peter a long time. Peter, let me do the intro because you please. have a lot going please. on here. You're a multiple startup founder with several successful exits under your belt, one That's of key. which. Help a reporter out. I mean, it's huge. As a journalist, I used it all the time. So many journalists have. It's a matchmaking tool for sources and journalists. And you run Shank Minds, which is an amazing community, which Terry and I are both a part of for entrepreneurs. Um, And you have members all over the world, people who come together. And we just actually were in New York all together last week. We can talk about that a little bit. Um, But it's just a really nice community to bring entrepreneurs together. Plus, uh, you also have your own podcast. And it's called Faster Than Normal and you focus on the benefits of being gifted with ADHD. I love that. Yeah, and so you and I have have done some segments together in in yeah. the past. So tell me a little bit, let's talk a, let's talk a bit about there's so much Peter because you've done PR for other people, for yourself, for connections of other people and also, you know, put yourself out there in a big way, but let's talk about Harrow first. Let's just get that out there. I mean, that has been an amazing Part of your career and your life, and changed so many people's lives. So tell us about that.
4: Harrow was a a wonderful experiment. That um, you know, I but when you when you have ADHD, you talk to everyone, and uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I've been on when I'm on a plane unless my seatmate is unless he's faked his own death. I'm gonna know everything about him by the time. Are I, you serious? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I've had two people fake their death, but other than that, it's I know <laughs> everything. <laughs> I never. <clears throat> I just like to talk to people. I, I you know, it's 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 the it's the ooh squirrel within me, and and I enjoy that, and so. From that, I have a Rolodex, uh, very, very large, large Rolodex. For those under thirty who might be watching your show, a Rolodex is like Outlook, but it has cards, and and you'd you turn it. And um, I would <laughs> just have this ridiculously large Rolodex. And so, reporters, knowing me from PR, knowing from me from when I started my career in America Online, would reach out to me, and they'd say, "You know, Peter, I'm doing a story on X, Y, Z. Who do you know? Do you know anyone who I can talk to? I'm running on the." Well, over time, that became sort of more and more um, uh, 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 frequent. To the point where the straw that broke the camel's back was the call i got from the reporter at the wall street journal who said hey a friend of mine at the new york times i'm doing a story on nigerian farming and a friend of mine at the new york times said <laughs> you have a, a ton of friends who are sub-saharan soil experts and i i, I was actually yeah, uh, totally not a problem <clears throat> you know like 12 hours later i found some a friend of a friend of a friend of a friend of a friend who worked at usc and i put them together but that was like my entire day i'm like there's got to be a better way to do this mm-hmm. and so I, I launched this 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 email mailing list that eventually turned into help a reporter out uh, which still exists. I built yeah. it um, yeah. in 2007. It was acquired in 2010 by a company, essentially PR Newswire. Um, they acquired it <clears throat> three times that you sign up at helperreporter.com. And if you are a publicist or you run a business or you're just looking to get press for yourself, it's a free service. You sign up and then three times a day, you receive queries from journalists all around the world. And if you can answer any of them, you reply directly to the journalist, and you can get in the press. It, you know, It's used by the New York Times, the Wall Street Journal, CNN... It was used by Oprah. I mean, you name it; mm-hmm. uh, everyone used it. You used it all the time.
2: Yeah, I, I found some of my most favorite guests that yep. way. Actually, it, it was so, it's such a great tool for matchmaking. Mm-hmm.
4: The, the, the one thing I will, I will tell you or tell your audience about that is, you know, I, I've seen from that millions upon millions of pitches. And I can tell you that yeah. if, if you have the most basic grasp of the English language and a pretty general good idea of what you do for a living and how you can help a reporter, you're going to be better out there than 99% of the people pitching themselves. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I don't need you to be a rocket scientist. I don't need you to walk on fire. I just need you to suck about 1% less than most people <laughs> do. And oh,
3: my God, please write that
4: down. So let's, 1% let's less. Let's face it. You know, we, we live in a society where the where the, the bar is not set that high. Yeah. Right? So I don't need Unfortunately. you to be awesome. I just need you to be a little bit better. What's my favorite joke? The, the two guys are running in the woods. They're on a trail run, and they, it's, they see a bear. The bear's reaching about to attack. And they go, oh, my God, it's a bear. And the first one s- slowly leans down and ties his shoes a little tighter. And the second one says, dude, can't outrun a bear? I says, no, no, no. I just need to outrun you. I just need you to get it. a little bit better than what's out there. And it's, it's not difficult, you know, learn about the reporter, understand what the reporter does, but yes, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's, well, press is <clears throat> still it hands still down
3: reign supreme. And it, you know, we-
4: it was it really
3: always so, um, and it still is to a lot of people. It just seems so out of reach, so highfalutin. And it's like what you've done and you've ch- you've really changed the industry. It's helped democratize the pitching process because we think, well, we don't know anyone there. How do we get to the upper echelons of media society? But you don't need to do that. You just need to feed them what they want to eat.
4: I think also it's because, you know, a lot of times you have people who um, they're the people who do tend to try and get themselves pressed. They tend to do it the wrong way because they tend to focus on press as, Look at me. Here's how awesome I am. Yeah. me. And yes. I've always looked at reporters. I've always looked at having an audience or having a reporter. Anything like that. Is, it's a privilege. It's not a right. It's like wearing spandex. And so for me, <laughs> the, premise, <laughs> the premise of, 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 you know, going to a reporter and getting on TV, it's not about, hey, put me on TV. It's about, hey, you're doing a story on XYZ and I actually happen to be an expert on that. Let me help you do your Let story. Let me help you do it. Yeah. Let me help you do your job easier. Exactly. That's true. But reporters are doing 10 times more with five times less. You guys know that. And so if I can if I can save you three hours and have a look for a source because I'm that source, you're done, dude.
2: Totally. Well, what about those showing up? Because that's sometimes half the battle, right? I mean, you'll pitch and pitch and pitch, not you, but just experts in general, right? People will pitch forever. And, you know, I don't need you right now until I need you. And you're so great about showing up and being there. So talk to us a little bit
4: about that. Yeah, I've had a great, one of my favorite, um, uh, uh, I wrote a blog post about this with the basic premise that, you know, I don't care how important you are, you're never so important that you can't answer a uh, a non-recognizable number. Right, my um, my cell phone. I have a wonderful program called uh, Nomo Robo, which takes care of about ninety nine percent of the robocalls and spam calls. Which means that if a call does get through, <clears throat> and I don't recognize the number, chances are it's media, and uh, I always answer the call. And that just the basic premise of answering that call has gotten me, my God, Today Show, CNN. Um, I mean, I do CNN almost you know constantly, but I've done today's Show four or five times. I've been on CBS Early Show, Good Morning America. Um, I've never done Dr. You literally off.
3: picked up the phone. I mean, granted, uh, they were calling you. they Now they well, know you. You like, were famous. I
4: didn't answer the phone, they wouldn't leave a message. They'd be on to the next person. Yeah. By the time a producer calls you to see if you can air, you got like they got like three hours to yeah, pick up Right? So if you're not answering the phone, they're not leaving you a voicemail. They're like, screw you, I'm going to someone else. So basic premise of answering the phone before anyone else, I, I answer my own email. I always, you know, my assistant doesn't let me schedule things. I'm, she, she took right access away from my calendar years ago, but I am allowed to answer my own email and I only, I, I respond to my own email. So I mean, just today, someone emailed me about a potential keynote conference in, or a potential keynoting their conference in May. Like, hi, what are your fees? What are your topics? And I was in front of my computer. So I responded and they said that they sent back, they're like, um, thank you. Please tell Peter we'll be in touch. And I replied like, Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> <Who's>
2: <laughs> Peter, I'm, I'm right here.
4: You know? And they're like, really? You no, know, again, it's just what can you do this a little bit better than what people expect? People are yeah. really
3: surprised when you write them back. I, I found that too. People are like, oh, I didn't expect you to write back so fast. I'm like, hey, I want you out of my inbox. Like, I don't want to be staring at this. Yeah. Like, I want to get it handled and done. <clears throat> I have a question for you, though, Peter. Like, obviously, when people who knew you in the phase where you were, you know, PR, and now you've <laughs> grown and you're so different from that. But when you think about someone who's in PR and the people who help to strategize other people's campaigns, it's very rare that that person becomes media. Mm-hmm. explain to people how you made that jump. Not that yeah. that's the path most people will take because they're not going to do PR, but it's an interesting jump.
4: I mean, for me, I guess it, again, comes down to I like helping people, right? And so when people tell me that they need, uh, you know, can, can you find me this person, someone to do this, someone to do that, you know, my first reaction is, sure, Um, you know, I happen to know about that. I'm happy to talk with you. And the thing about it is, is that once you get on TV, producers, they watch television. That's what they do, right? Yep. And so if someone sees me on Fox News Health, Right. And they mm-hmm. work for CNN, they're like that guy's good, figure out who he is. They're gonna find my contact info the and they're gonna call me. I think, But like, the first time though, no one puts the PR person in front of the camera. Not the first time. I think, oh, I'll tell you exactly the first time. The first time that I ever hit for the cycle, which was NBC, CBS, ABC, and CNN in one day, was back in 2005. There was a, um, uh, a cartoon network <clears throat> did a, a PR stunt where they put these little, they looked like light brights. They put them all around the country. Like in Boston under the Bay State Bridge, and in Chicago near the mm-hmm. near near um, the the, the Sears Tower, and all the and they were designed to showcase the TV show Aqua Teen Hunger Force. Except it was like right in the middle of like two wars uh, with like Al Qaeda and all that, and so uh, people weren't really that happy with things that looked like little bombs. Oh god, <laughs> yeah, right, <laughs> kind yeah, of not, not a great idea. idea. And so of course it traces back to Comedy Central, and the two guys who like were hired to do it like get busted and they go on tv and they were just idiots and um i had just written a book that came out like two months earlier called outrageous pr stunts and why your company needs them perfect right so i simply sent a three paragraph email hey guys wrote this book it's exactly what comedy central did i could tell you why they did it wrong i can tell you what they should have done better and i can tell you what they have to do now to not get in trouble i'm here all day feel free to reach out literally phone email 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 and i was booked on all phone mm-hmm.
1: it was a
4: pretty awesome day
1: the
2: book, wow. the book does help. I mean, that's the thing. That's increased but, visibility you know,
4: what, again. so does a blog? So does a media yes. post? demonstrating any, you've done it. That's anything it. Anything that shows that you know. And 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 the interesting thing about it, I don't know if the book holds as much cachet anymore as it used to. I mean, sure, it's nice to have a book, but you know what? Yes, I have five books out, and they've all been published by publishers. And guess what? My next one, I'm self-publishing. I'm done with mm-hmm.
2: publishing. Really? That's what happens yeah. a lot. They didn't yeah, really do much for me. You know, the but industry, what's the real reason for you?
4: PR and all that. What's the point of hiring a publisher if if Amazon can print the exact same thing? So. I'm at the point where, where I can have, a, as if it's a great book and it gets good reviews and I get good buzz about it, I don't need a publisher. So You just you want
3: great, the word out there.
4: But your blog well, is What great. is the Video, thing that slows Facebook you down? Lives. Like, what is it? <clears throat> the
3: benefit of doing it yourself, is it that you get to keep more of the profit?
4: No, I think it's just that for my last book, I, I hired the PR firm. It was money out of my pocket to hire the PR firm. It was money out of my pocket to activate my audience. It was like, what the hell did the publisher do?
0: Mm-hmm.
4: Right? They, they printed the book. Well, I can go on Amazon and self-publish that exact same book. Ten years ago, when I first started, you couldn't do that. So, of course, you did to have a lot no, of show. course, Otherwise, it was Three, like you know. staples. Now, right. you don't need that. But you well, know the you reason can.
3: people do it is because they want the cred of saying, look, someone approved of me. You don't need that. Yeah, but me. here's
4: the thing. If I, if, I sold, if I go on with my new book and sell 20,000 copies um, in the first day, I think 20,000 people just approved of me. That's true. You know, right. This guy named Hal mm-hmm. Elrod who wrote a book called Miracle Morning. It's a, he's sort of a freaking cult. Miracle Morning is this like seven things to do when you wake up early in the morning and to better your life. He, it's a, he's. I swear to God, it's a cult. It's a good cult, but it's a cult. And he has entirely self-published <laughs> over hundreds of thousands of these books in multiple languages. They've spawned uh, series, uh, Miracle Morning for the Entrepreneur, Miracle Morning for the Parent. Miracle. What the hell, guys? Right. He Sitting in his, his house in like Austin or wherever the hell he lives, on his own, writing this stuff up and self-publishing, and he's made a fortune.
2: Yeah. Well, you know, it's interesting though, too, Peter, Making do, producing your own stuff, right? It's not about waiting for the publisher to bless you or, you know, the, the Today Show to bring you on or whatever. It's really being your own producer, which is what Terry and I always tell people to do. And you have been a very good example of this, um, especially within the ADHD world with your book and your podcast. And I remember um, you had done, I think it was a webinar, About ADHD, and you and I then sat in the in the cafe at Fox and chit chatted about it. Do you remember? And I was like, "There's so many great tips here. This is so great. I want to have you on to talk about it." And you did a thing that not many people do. You said, "Okay, but not yet." And I remember. And yeah. I was like, what is, what is happen? What's get, what's, what is, what's going on well, here?
4: He, Paula is not used to being given. I know, I'm t- t- turning Paula down really is like, you know, <laughs> <laughs> the prom queen comes and says, I'd like the first dance to be with you. And you go, you know. I know that was <laughs> risky. Yeah, yeah, that was, I, I gotta t- tell you. T- I still haven't recovered. God just brought up a lot of internal fears there. that there.
3: <laughs> wait, were you nervous saying that? Or were you like, "What a good thing, I like I was, you. You know, no
4: one puts Paula in a corner. I mean, it was, That's it was right. really scary. That's right. I won't lie. No, I don't want to turn down press, right? But at the end of the day, I wanted—if I, I knew that I had a good story, I knew it wasn't—it wasn't time sensitive, meaning that we could talk about ADHD tomorrow or next month. And yep. so because of that, I didn't want to blow it before the podcast launched. Yes, I had this you were very strategic launched the podcast. I'm like, you know what? Can you give me three weeks? Can you give me a month? And sure enough, the piece came out. I think three weeks after the podcast launch, and really gave the podcast a nice boost.
2: Yeah. So that. that was very smart intention. Not everyone can pull that off or do that, but thinking with media, thinking of that you know, before you do media, if there's a reason to do it.
4: Well, I'll tell you the guy's the truth. That being said, had you said, no, sorry, we didn't do this weekend. We'd be like, okay, you know? <laughs> would have done it. Totally.
2: Yeah, totally. And you know what? I wasn't working for a live show. So for exactly. me, it was like, man, that was, sure. That
4: was also what I knew. So I weighed my bets and yeah, it worked out in that. regard. Well,
3: what you're saying, what's really key for people to bear in mind when they're thinking about possibly doing media, when they get over the stars and the rise, could I possibly do it? Yes, you can, <clears throat> but you don't just do it to do it to say you've done it. There's gotta be strategy. You've gotta be doing it for a reason. If you're going to poke the bear and get that kind of attention, right? There has to be a reason. Do you see people, what do you say is like the worst reason to go after sure. media?
4: I think the worst reason to go after media is because you want to see yourself on TV. That's the worst. Because guess what? You don't look as good as you think. Right. The best reason is you're helping a reporter (laughs) or a producer find a story they haven't heard of yet. Right? Right. you're sharing that in your brand and you're letting them break that. That's the best reason because then you'll wind up with all the press anyway. Mm
2: -hmm. It's public
4: service. It is a public service. The thing about PR, which always intrigues me, is that everyone jumps out and they're like, "Um, well, you know, I'm just going to advertise. Here's the thing. No one believes how awesome you are if you're the one that has to tell them. It's yeah. my favorite yeah. line. No <laughs> one it. believes it. It's just so much better. I, it's the classic story of, you know, I, I'm sitting there at a at a, at a at a bar or whatever, and I got people with the new lines. I don't drink anymore. I'm sitting there at a, wherever. Peloton? Like, oh, like, no. Uh, Peloton class, sure. <laughs> and I, uh, I, you know, I, I see a beautiful girl, and I go to her and say, like, Hi, you don't know me, but I'm pretty awesome. You know, she's going to throw a, uh, just Throw a drink in my face. Go back talking about what she's doing. But if totally. i friends with her, it's like, oh my god, that's Peter Shankman. You know, I've heard him speak before. He's single. He has a cat. He's a four year old. You have a cat. You have a four year old. <laughs> I'm going to introduce you guys. You should be at least I'm getting her number, right? It's right. that premise of a trusted, a trusted, reliable source, just relatable source. That's what that's what media is. You like, brought you up
3: another good reason to do media, media because, because like, you really can get dates out of it. That's yeah, really no funny.
4: You're <laughs> started that you you hooking <laughs> up with your, your, your your camera guy or whatever camera no.
3: guy totally.
4: It's, it's all about that though. You know, it's that it's that premise that that. Um, I'm awesome, never sells. But yeah, he's awesome, sells. He sells.
2: It's much yeah. nicer way to go about it. It's so true. What about Peter? I mean, you've commented on many things through the years in media. So it's like not only like crisis management, which we can talk about later, but also ADHD. People get really scared about niching down. What have you found
4: <sighs> in that regard? You know, I'm a fan of niching down. To, to, to If you're great at one thing and you own that thing, sure, own a category. The fact of the matter is is that I've done several things. My ADHD... Uh, has allowed me to do several things, and and that's the crux of it. So yeah, I can talk about ADHD because it's affected me beneficially, and here's what I've learned. By the way, in the middle of that, I also started and sold three companies. I can talk about entrepreneurship, and I marketed those companies. talking about marketing. Mm-hmm. It. So you know, and 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 reporters get to know you from what you're doing. On the flip side, um, there are still sometimes that it simply does not work. I pitched the Today Show when my book Fast the Normal came out on ADHD three months ago. Number one bestseller on Amazon across the board. I pitched the Today Show about, for three different angles, I pitched them about ADHD, but more importantly, I pitched them, hey guys, it's October, we're getting to the new year, let's do a segment on on how to save three hours of a, a day out of your life and get three hours of productivity back in your life, following the this, this tips and the tricks that someone with ADHD uses to make their mm-hmm. day work, because that's essentially what the book is mm-hmm. about, right? right. To get it. Today's show wouldn't bite, not because they didn't love the topic, not because they weren't doing a piece on um, uh, 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 New Year's resolutions and how to do better, no, I didn't have the word doctor in front of my head. Really? Mm. So that was it. Hmm. That was it. I wrote a book about ADHD, but I didn't know a doctor. They couldn't Wait, have I would think they're they're no. better than that.
3: They could always yeah, get a doctor to talk I, about I, it. But a doctor yeah,
4: was be- oh, wow. it? it does matter in some cases, but it matter, and it was frustrating because I am like, guys, I'm telling you, you know, I'm not saying I'm not coming here talking about the the, the the medicine of it. I'm coming here talking about the fact that I get up super early at four in the morning to get on my bike because I know it produces. Don't mean that it lets my day run. It gives me you begin know, to focus and concentrate without having to take pills. Let's talk about that. Let's right. talk about how, how I'm up so early. I can go to sleep really early. My day, My, day My day is better. So sometimes, you know, no matter sometimes. Best it depends. Is.
3: They have boxes to check for their need. And yep. it just wasn't. And sometimes you'll know. just never know. Right. That's the thing with on. media. Mm-hmm, totally.
2: Well, well, stick with us and Peter Shankman. When we, we come have back, a lot more. We're going to well, talk
3: okay. about crisis. Please stay for crisis. the crisis. Come for the fun. Stay for the suspense. You're listening to Lights, Camera, Expert, Unleash Your Expertise. We'll be back in just a minute.
1: Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television?
4: Let us surprise you.
1: Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports,
4: health, business, and more on demand 24-7.
2: Imagine for a minute what it would be like to step onto the set of a show that you've been watching forever or see your name in a magazine you actually read. Sounds exciting, doesn't it? Well, here's the secret. Those experts you see on TV and in magazines aren't smarter than you. They just know how to get the media to pay attention. And it's
3: something you can learn. I'm Paula Rizzo. And I'm Terry Gospiccio. And we've been behind the scenes at major media outlets for years, booked thousands of guests, and have been featured ourselves on TV, radio, and everywhere else. We know how this works. We'll show you how to crack the media code, craft your pitch, and crush it on air. Get our free video course, How
2: to Be a Media Magnet. You'll learn how the media thinks and how to pitch your ideas so you get booked.
3: You have something to say and the world is ready to hear it. Go to beamediamagnet.com to get our free course. That's beamediamagnet.com.
4: stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time the number 1 internet talk station where your opinion counts. Voiceamerica.com.
1: You're listening to Lights Camera Expert. Unleash your expertise. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's one 472 5788 Reach us by email at info at Now back to this week's show. Welcome
3: back. Stepping on the toes of the voiceover artist, not a good thing to do. I'm Terry Gispiccio, yes. joined by my dear friend and colleague, Paul Rizzo. Hi, hi. Co-founder of Lights, Camera, Expert. And this is our inaugural show. Is that the correct use right. of the word? Inaugural? I think it is. I think so. And yeah, our guest is Peter Shankman, who we were just chatting with. He's a PR whiz, but far more than that, entrepreneur, investor, Peloton junkie. <laughs> uh, author. That's crazy. Uh, best-selling author. He basically, the thread, Peter, for your whole life is just... For someone who has trouble, you know, and struggles with focusing, you said ADHD, having attention, you know how to get it like no one else, maybe, mm. probably, as you say, because you know how hard it is for someone to keep yours. Uh, seems fair, right?
4: I, I found I found ways that work for me, you know? And you found this, ways that work. And once I realized that everyone else thought they were crazy, but once I realized that I don't care what everyone else thinks because they work for me, life became a lot easier.
1: Yeah.
3: See that? Mm. Well,
2: one I'm of the things that, that, that I, well, go ahead, Terry. <laughs> <laughs>
3: What we're going to say is. All right, I'll go. (laughs) (laughs) You'll go. I thought you had something to say. I had something to say. It doesn't matter. I was really
2: excited because I want to talk to to Peter all the time, every day. Uh, Peter, one of the things I want to talk to you about is how innovative you are. I always have found that to be one of the things that I loved most about you is because you're always you're on the you're on the, 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 you know, uh, before everybody else is you're doing it. Um, social media is one of those things. And so you do live your life on social media quite a lot. Uh, so people will feel like they know you. It's part of your brand. It's part of who you are. But w- what are the, the best... What Do you think social media is on its way out? Or <coughs> it's the best way to do this? Or well, what's your thought process there? Because I just want to see... Peter of the future, what do you think?
4: I think we're at the point where now we could just call it media. Mm, it's not social, per point. se. It's just life. Um, it's just you life. know, I am not... I hate social media. I say that, right? What is
2: happening right now?
4: No, it's it, here's <laughs> I the thing. I, I, I you know, there's a great article in the Times yesterday called The Follower Factory. And it was all about how essentially 60% of all followers out there are complete BS, right? That they're either they're bots or they're, or they're paid for or whatever. And, you know, I was saying back in 2009 that uh, your Twitter account, your Facebook follower, all those numbers are the new penis envy. They don't matter. <laughs> what matters. What people need to focus on is the engagement. And the engagement only comes when you understand and know your audience. And so for me, you know, I, I jump a Twitter. I jump onto Facebook. I, I find such little value in Twitter, Twitter anymore. It used to be awesome, and it's just, it's just gone so downhill. I still like Facebook. I use Instagram because I, I have a photography, a graduate degree in photography that no one knows about, and I enjoy taking pictures, and I always carry a real camera with oh. me. But, you know, I, I don't – Facebook's great. Um, Twitter has very little value. I, I still use it. I'm uh, not anywhere near as in the level that I was say like five six years ago. I think at the end of the day, social is valuable if your audience is on social and if you understand where on social your audience is. Um, I have a group of I call them ragtags. They're 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 kids between the ages of 13 and 22, and once every few months we get together and I. I, I they all meet me in the city and I buy them pizza on a Saturday morning and we go and we sit and we have pizza for two hours and I just listen to them and I, I watch them talk to each other and I watch what <laughs> they do on their phones and I take notes. Ah.
1: And that's how
4: I learn about sort of what's coming down the pike and what's new and what you watch up. them in their natural habitat. Yeah. Yeah. It's like they're in a, they're in a hamster, have a trail and hamsters, but it's great. <clears throat> I mean, I've learned about, I've learned about, I learned about WhatsApp that way. I learned about Snapchat that way, you know, all before, they became mainstream and and sort of uh-huh. just understand sort of what works and, and, and what they're using. And more importantly, to understand that you can't make them do anything. You can't make anyone do anything. What you can do is you can work with your audience you can learn from your audience and then try to reach them um, in the language and the places that they are, but talking at them and trying to sell at them is, is pointless. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, you get my emails, Paula. I, every yep. email I send out, I have an, a, a mailing list of close to a hundred thousand people and no one gets an email from me with a sales pitch unless uh, without there being uh, value before, way, much value beforehand. So like, I will sure. tell you a story. I will teach you something. I will share something about business. I will offer you something for free, something that, you know, a discount, whatever, long before I ever pitch you on anything. And and I've had people email me and say, the only reason I continue to reach your emails is because you provide value long before you try to sell. And mm-hmm. so, you know, ha- again, having an audience, is a privilege, not a right.
2: Yeah, and it's the same thing with media. You know, all people do is want, 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 want from you as yep. a media person. But, you know, sometimes you got to give a little bit before you get.
4: No question about it. No question about it. You know, it, it, Again, it goes back to the simple, you know, the the way the universe works and the way you should believe the universe works is that if you can, if you have the ability, to give ten times the amount of help out into the universe for every one time you ask for it. Yeah. Mm. That's how I run my mastermind group. It, it tends to work really well.
3: Yeah, it does. It really does. Now, social media is it's two things, right? It's where a lot of uh, where people go to fix problems, publicly apologize, try to paper over things, try to explain things, try to tell the world what's really happening. But it's also the site of crises. Mm-hmm. And so my question to you is, how? Like, how? What is? What is the best ways to use social media to adapt to or respond to crises? PR crises. Not we're not talking the Hawaii situation right, disaster, right. but I'm talking about <laughs> other stuff.
4: You know get in front of it and own it. Um, some study came out that says 62% of people that complain on social media don't actually need a fix to their problem. They just want to be heard.
1: Mm-hmm.
4: Right? And so if you can go out and you can simply respond to them and be like, look, we get it. We hate delays too. We are doing, you know, unfortunately we can't control the weather at, at, at Newark Airport, but we are doing everything <laughs> in our power to get your plane right. up. you currently fourth for takeoff as soon as the weather clears. If the weather clears in five minutes, you'll be airborne in 15. You know, it's that premise that, if I'm sitting on the runway for two hours and no one's telling me what's going on, I, it probably is weather, but you know what? A wing could have fallen off. Just tell me, tell me what's going on. Mm-hmm. I'll know. And that's how we should be using social to begin with is we should be getting in front of the situations before people, you know, people can complain. That's fine. But just let them know what's going on. Hey, you know what? We hear you. This sucks. We're going to, ha- we're going to be right. You know it's amazing at that? Lyft. Mm. Lyft car service. I have had two bad experiences in a row just randomly. I had two bad experiences in a row with them. Um, the car didn't show up and they started the ride without me and I wasn't there. And then, and then the car showed up as I was walking to it. He took off and canceled the ride. And both times I, t- I tweeted to Lyft and within 30 seconds, uh, there was someone DMing me saying, hey, send us your info. Let's fix this. And they, they, you know, they didn't even have to do that. Just the fact they're listening and that I, I don't feel – technology is great when it works until it doesn't work. When it doesn't sure. work and you don't have a contact, you're screwed, right? Surprisingly enough, Google is really good at that. Google has something called Google, um, Google Shopping Express. Uh, which essentially they'll, in, in major cities, they'll deliver you like, you know, toilet paper, crap that you don't have a car to get because you live in the city. And um, right. when my kid was like, very, very small. I had a, I ordered a, uh, one box of size five diapers and they sent me five boxes of size one diapers. And, <laughs> and in New York, that's,
2: incorrect.
4: in a New York yeah. apartment, five boxes of size one diapers is essentially the width of the apartment. So I'm like, I have no idea how to get these back. And I sent an email to the, just the, the, the automated email that came to me saying your stuff is being delivered. And within 30 seconds, they, a, a human being responded, he said, Oh, you know what? That's our bad. Just leave them downstairs with your doorman. We're going to send you the right ones right now. We'll pick up the bad one." Like, that's like God, Google, this is Google. This is like God coming down and saying, hey, we're going to make everything good and you can now have the power to levitate your cat. You know, it was just incredible how they fixed it. If Google could do that, what's the excuse of a small business?
3: Well, well that's exactly it. Uh, a lot of the personal the smaller businesses, people who are like not Google, people like us who are growing their own businesses, usually with just one person in their company, there is that line that is fuzzy, about where your professional self starts and where your personal self starts and how much you should be sharing. and I'm always of the mind that you, sh- you should seem like a whole person. <clears throat> you're not just a job Correct. And you're like you're comfortable sharing a lot online, even though you know you're saying that well, people just are complaining or whatever. What is that line for you? and what should it be for us before we do something we regret?
4: So interestingly, I am I am more than happy to share things online. The only thing I'm a little hesitant to share, and I do share sometimes is my daughter. And mm. what I've started doing is I've started putting my watermark of my, my uh my at name um, in the middle of any photo I share of my daughter because photo when when you have a blue check mark next to you on Instagram, on Facebook, on Twitter, your photos get stolen and people create fake accounts. And not a big by where there's not a fake Peter Shankman using photos of my daughter. So I've started using the ad sign. But my basic logic is this. I I don't want to see people on, everyone has that one aunt who comes to every uh, family dinner and is always depressed and shit's just not going well for her. And I have stopped um, you know, you don't want to hang out with that on. So for me, it's very much about, <laughs> um, I won't post stuff online that is depressing. I won't post stuff online. That's sad. I won't post stuff online when I'm angry. I like to post, uh, happy things. I like to make people happy. I mean, it's okay to have a bad day and say, Oh my God, what a day I'm going to that, but find a way, finding, find, a, find a, a solution to it before you post it. Worst day ever. Nothing went right. Screw this. Go to the gym. Time to ride for three hours. That'll make me feel better. Have a solution. Mm. Right? No one wants to see that, that, Constant, oh, I'm miserable. And then, you, know, you become no. miserable. There's absolutely no point. So, understand again, your audience is a privilege. It's not a right. Don't waste their time. Give them stuff that's valuable to them. Give them stuff that makes them smile. You know, and don't go off topic too much. You know, I'm not, I don't, I don't, I don't, uh, I don't talk about, uh, I often don't talk about political issues. Every once in a while, I go off on a rant, but I try not to talk about political issues. I try not to talk about things that, that my audience wouldn't expect from me. I try to keep it in the greenhouse of what so my. So you
3: audience do, is. you do keep it in the greenhouse. Yeah,
4: like everyone's it has a, a little off. Everyone's yeah. off in the past year, maybe a little more than, than than before. But yeah, at the end of the day, you know, you are not your 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 audience, and your your audience is not there to hear everything. They're here to yeah, please curate.
3: Please curate your life. <laughs> but also, I think it's a pretty fair thing that, like, you don't use social media to work out something that you are exactly. not cool with yet. I think that's when I get the most, like, ugh, when I see these posts on Facebook, even just from people not professional. Uh, it's not that. But even personal stuff. And they're like, you know, I hate when people do this. And it's like, you know what? you got to work that out first. Yeah, yeah. And the concept
4: of the passive aggressiveness, like, you know, uh, sitting at home wondering how people could be so mean. Dude, who are you pissed at? Just tell us. Yeah, right, right, Just right.
2: say it. Like, some people. All right. Right. What about with media, though, Peter? Have you had any any issues pitching media, getting to media, using social media? Like for me as a producer, I hated when people would tweet at me because they would do it in a way that was always terrible. Nobody was ever good at it. They would always say, you know, oh, this is such a great story. Look at me at Fox News, <laughs> at CNN, at N- NBC. I never uh, felt special. You. So I hated when people would tweet me uh, t- that kind of pitching. But what, what have you found?
4: I tend to follow specific journalists and won't pitch them until I've followed them for quite some time and have either figured out a way to connect with them or have in somehow in some way Talk to them. So, for instance, um, Carrie Flynn over at Mashable, I followed her for years. I think she's brilliant. I, I knew I knew of her when she was at International Business Times, and uh, when she moved to Mashable, I sent her, a, a, a tweeted a congratulations to her, and I noticed that she liked it. And so, I just kept following her and kept in touch and kept in touch. And eventually, I at, added her and said, "Hey, would love to chat with you in a second. Um, what's the best way to reach you?" And she's like, "Oh, just email me into that." And that's I asked permission. Right? And mm-hmm. P.S., I, she was a keynote at my yeah. Mastermind conference last week. So, you know, it's it's all about uh, being just being respectful. You know, just because I'm online, just because I'm on Twitter, doesn't necessarily mean you have the right to to share the world with me if I don't ask for it or ask me for things that you don't necessarily have the right to ask for. Be respectful. The same way that, you know, back in 1998, I sent an email to Reese Schoenfeld saying he was who founded CNN with Ted Turner. And I said, hey, I'm, I just read your book, Me and Ted Against the World, and I was in awe by it. I just left America Online where I helped found their newsroom. Could I – Somehow pick your brain. And 20 minutes later, his assistant was calling me saying, Reese wants to meet you for coffee. It was a game changer. Oh, wow.
1: Game Look at you. Coffee. And People a big really game
2: changer.
1: That.
2: A big game changer, too, for entrepreneurs all over the world. ShankMinds.com, I have Thank to say. You. Thank you. We had a wonderful time at your event last week. So give us a little a little uh, insight. What's what's happening? What's People on the
4: horizon come. for
3: Anyone that? Anyone can come to us, right? <clears throat>
4: Yeah, so shankminds.com is, is basically, uh, when I sold Harrow, uh, I got all these emails from people saying, hey, congratulations to selling your company, you should join our mastermind, it's a uh, 100 people who have sold all these companies, it's only $10,000 a year, $50,000 a year, I'm sitting there going, if I had that much money just to throw around, I probably wouldn't need a mastermind, and I realized there were not a lot of masterminds for people who had just started their their entrepreneurial um, uh, experience huh. all the way to like their first exit, mm-hmm. and so that's what I wanted to create, so Shankminds is actually a mastermind for people with one to three years, um, well, more than that, well, one to five years experience under their belt, but is like they're in their first company or they've sold their first company, and they just want some creative ideas. And we have uh, twice weekly video chats, just on Zoom, like this, and um, it's it's a private group at 150 people, and I tried to keep it cheap. It's I think it's 89 bucks a month, which in New York is about seven lattes. Um, <laughs> It's designed for people to to have accountability. That's the number one thing. You know, for, for me, when you're an entrepreneur, it's boring and lonely. And sometimes and and to be able to have a group of people that on Monday, I could say, okay, by Thursday, I need to have this done. And, you know, starting Wednesday morning, I'm starting getting emails from people, hey, just reminding you, you said you'd have it done by Thursday. You know, it's a great to of accountability.
3: You really don't have to do this stuff alone. You shouldn't mm-hmm. have to. do want to be on your own. No one, when you say, I want to go out on my own, that's never the truth. You're never totally on your own if you don't want to be. Exactly. Right? And it's a really fabulous group. You should check it out. Check Minds. Is there any of it? We, are proud. Yeah. we are proud members and a very supportive, engaged, creative, and open-minded group. So really, really a generous thing too, Peter. You just pour your heart into everything you do and it shows. Thank you. It's
2: Thank you, Peter, for being here. It's always I'm, great to I'm
4: see hard you. honored to be your first and best of luck on a phenomenal, what I know will be a phenomenal, phenomenal show.
2: Thank, thank you, you, thank you. And well, thank, thank you, you to all of you today who've joined us, right? If this sounds like fun getting out there, you're wondering what it's like to get some media action, go bigger with your brand and your business, we have a little gift for you.
3: We do. In fact, we created a video course to show you how media can help you. And most importantly, how to get the media interested in what you have to say. And um, it's free. Just go Ooh. to beamediamagnet.com and you'll get instant access that's it. Be a media magnet. Let's say it again. Be a media magnet.com. <laughs> um, uh-huh. It's a fantastic course. If you like hanging out with us today, you're going to love this three part video series. And until next week, I'm Terry Giuseppe. And I'm
2: Paula Rizzo. And you do have something to say, and the world is ready to hear it.
1: Thank you for joining us for Lights, Camera, Expert. Unleash your expertise. Be sure to tune in again next Monday at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, on the Voice America Variety Channel for another edition of the show featuring your hosts, Paula Rizzo and Terry Trespicio. We'll talk again next week.